I'm now delighted to be joined by the chairman of the England Arts Organisation, Mr Tommy Thompson. How are you, Tommy? Hi. Living the dream, as we all say, aren't we? Or trying to live the dream under the circumstances we're all facing. Well, yeah, it's certainly certainly challenging times, but I'd like to start by wishing you a happy birthday because you were 70 the other day. I know. I'm mortified. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It just sneaked up on me quietly, that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. Anyway, cheers. I got a lot of nice, nice messages from uh, so many people worldwide and everything. I was uh, really humbled by it all. Well, yeah. Obviously, you know, normally you would have some kind of darts arrangement. I imagine near your birthday. This year, obviously, isn't the same. But it must have been nice to to see everybody posting on Facebook and whatever. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, like I say, we're all on lockdown uh, in Lancashire. We're uh, so well everywhere, but um, we've been on lockdown virtually for months now because we were in Tier Four. So, you know, it's not a chance to see my friends or anything that uh, I, I used to go out with uh, weekly. So I think so. Just, just quiet at home, really, with the wife. It's not a nice thing, anyway. But we've seen over the last couple of months quite a few significant names in the the darting community in in the UK have passed away and one of those that died sadly last November was the ton machine Alan Glazier he was someone you you knew well what are your your memories of Alan well Alan and I both same, shared the same birthday the 21st of uh, January different years but uh, not that much different but we shared the same birthday so and usually on the county weekend uh, it fell around our birthday, the 20th, 21st, 19th of January. So on that weekend, we'd, uh, we'd share a few Jack Daniels and Coke because we both like Jack Daniels and Coke. So it was ever, forever in my thoughts. When I had my birthday, I always, although I'd not seen Alan for a good while, um, I always thought of him. I'm sure he thought of me as well on his birthday. Yeah, yeah well, we lost Alan and, and, and sadly last weekend we lost Rick Cousins from Hampshire, which is absolutely devastating to us. What a lovely, lovely fella he was. Mm. Absolute diamond. Um, you know, he, he was ever-present setting up. He's one of the unsung, unsung heroes of England arts, really, because he was there setting up the um, the weekends that we have and could do all the jobs, you know, shouting, calling on stage and... Everything to do with the tournament, he, he he was irreplaceable, really. So I just don't even know where to start to to think past his that he's just died. Uh, we're all shocked, anyway. And as I say, Sam, our president, Sam Hawkins, who, who set England Arts up, uh, and and I'd known Sam all my life, really. First met Sam in 1974, so I'd known him all my life, and we were great friends as well. So. But, uh, and when you get to 70, you start thinking negatively, don't you? When all your friends are sort of popping off, you, you're thinking, God, when's it going to be my turn? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. you mentioned them there, Rick Cousins, who, who passed away, you know, the weekend just gone. He was someone who might not be a well-known name to some people, but you saw when the, the announcement was made on Facebook and so on that he had sadly died, the reaction from all the players was just, what a lovely bloke he was, what a friendly face he was at, you know, England events. Oh, he was. No, he, absolutely. Honestly, I, I, he was a diamond. 
I can't say any more than that. And uh, we we had a friendly banter because I've always been a, a left wing socialist, and he's a farmer, and we always have a bit of a <laughs> I always have a bit of a banter with him, saying, "Oh no, another poor farmer with four four befores up the driveway and everything." <laughs> <laughs> and he always used to say, "That's all right. When you come round, Tommy, I'll let you drive one or two of them." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lovely fella, lovely fella. Everybody loved me. Well, I just can't believe it. I still can't. Mm. It's just us. Yeah, but there you go. But for the grace of God, I suppose. Mm. Sam Hawkins passed away at the start of this year. He was someone who had been around darts a very long time, you know, was a founder member of the the BDO, a founder member of the Kent Darts Organisation, involved with England all the way through as well, and he was the the honorary president of the, the EDO. What would you say was Sam's impact, really, on darts in this country and further afield? And while, you know, that the BDO is no more, one of the things that Sam was instrumental in developing was the, the pentathlon, which now the legacy of that lives on with the, the England Darts organisation. Sam sort of, as, as he was getting a bit older and everything, uh, Bernie Crouch and, and a few more of the people in Kent that were based in Kent with the, because uh, I think it was like the Kent uh, pentathlon, everybody knew as, as well as the British International. And... Um, I think Sam found it uh, a little bit tasking to to try and uh, get the funds to pay the prize money and everything else like that. And Bernie Bernie Crouch and and Haley and 
a few more of them down there. And I'm sorry to the people in Kent that I may have missed off. I'm sure there's a lot more. Um, and and the one one thing of, of, of keeping it going was incorporating it within the England setup. Uh, but we still call it the British Pentathlon. We've not changed the name, and it's still being run with uh, with Bernie uh, and 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 Haley and a few more of the Kent people. And they've still got all the contacts, and they pick all the players. England don't pick the players, so so technically he's under the England umbrella. But really, he's still the British stroke Kent Pentathlon, as it's always been. Sort of seems a way off now, but will you, when you're able to have a, a next EDO weekend, will you be doing something to to mark the passing of him and Rick and, and the others? Well, this this has been rolling around my head for a few days now. What what can we do? And and and. When can we do it? I mean, it's just how long's a piece of string, and we will do something. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But it's when when we can do things. I mean, the problem I think we we're facing major problems in darts, and, and not just because of um, the pandemic. I think the BDO uh, demise is 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 going to have a massive knock-on effect within the darts family. I honestly feel that, and, and, and on top of that, we've got the pandemic where a lot of the county officials were getting on a bit, same as me, and, you know, they haven't been having to do anything for a couple of years, and they might just decide, well, you know, now's the time to call it a draw and, uh, and, and you know, spend some time with the families and everything. We all know, I mean, my little town, we don't expect half the pubs to be open when it's, when it's all finished and... Uh, and it is only a little town, man. It's only twenty thousand people. But uh, once you start, which we start losing the pubs more than we have been doing, the opportunities for darts in the pubs becomes limited, so that the local leagues diminish. I mean, the the, the massive leagues in Blackpool, you know, forty-eight teams in the league, and and now they were down to ten teams, uh, and that's before the pand- pandemic or or the demise of the BDO, and, and you can only see it getting worse. Hmm. Uh, and, and while the top end of the game is, is adequately uh, uh, looked after by the PDC, I think it's going to be a massive struggle for anybody, including England, us, to pick up the pieces of the BDO. I, I really do. I, I think it's an absolute travesty uh, that the BDO has, has gone. I, I, I can't put it in any more words, and I was a bigger critic as, as, as anybody during the life of the BDO, but it was all constructive criticism. It was never, I never, ever wanted to see the BDO go. Uh, it's been my life, uh, the county darts, Super League darts, the structures, all there. And it seems to me that we could be left with going back to before the BDO where people are putting events on in pubs at the weekend and they don't want to commit to 32 week you know, 30 Fridays every every year to play league darts I, I, I just I, I just see that there's a, a sea change within darts and what are the ramifications are going to be I, I really don't know uh, it's, I am frightened for the future of it you know the, the BDO tour every sort of not every country but a lot of countries would have their sort of open that they would run and, and obviously they'd organise things within their, their country but you know, England have a very large remit. You know, you run multiple weekends during the year. How hard's it been for, for you and the rest of the England team to try and stay positive and keep planning things at the moment when 
every corner you seem to go round, restrictions change, things change, and you have to then cancel again, as you did, fortunately, just over a week ago with the Isle of Man. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, I'd like to say, I mean, people probably think because there's nothing actually being able to be held that, that there's nothing going on, and that can't be further than the truth. It, it's even more soul-destroying that, that behind the scenes you're talking to venues, you're talking to sponsors, you're talking to all this, that and the other, and it's all on the on the hope that something goes forward. Uh, I mean, last year we couldn't run the England Open, the England Classic, the England Masters, the England National Singles, the match play. Uh, we've had to cancel the Alaman, the three events at the Alaman, the British Internationals. It's it's, and I just don't know where it's going to end. Uh, I really don't. I mean, every time you put the telly on, <laughs> uh, you think you think you're moving sort of like one step forward, and bump you, you're another. Oh, well, we're not looking till the end of to Easter before anything's going to change. And and to be fair, you've got to look after everybody's safety, but. As I said to you before, we've been on tier four before we were on the lockdown. If they if after the lockdown they go back to tier four again, it's going to make no difference to anybody. Really, they're not going to change. The pubs are not going to be open. Nobody's going to be playing darts, and and it's been it's been very difficult. And 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 again, once people get used to not playing Super League or they don't get used to playing pub darts, they've gone. They won't re, they won't be replaced. And as I look at our like local leagues and everything. A lot of the teams in our local leagues are, are elder, elderly people anyway. They're not. They're not twenty-year-olds. Yeah, there's some twenty-year-olds coming through, but most of the teams are, are just a sort of fifties and sixties, uh, and I'm sure that's the same everywhere. What we've tried to do, uh, and again, that's not been easy, is is keep the brand name, if you will, in in in, in the public view, or or even if it's you know, in Facebook and social media and everything, by by trying to do a few little online things. Oh, I know it's not ideal, but at least for the people that are that are playing darts, it's giving them something. Mm. Uh, and that, and that's what we did with the uh, the online World Cup, which I'm glad we won. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we've done with the uh, Bradley's Bradley and Dave Dudney and Vic and that have done on the uh, online youth event that we're in the process of doing at the moment. We've got 71 kids that take part in the in the event, which is terrific, really. You know, it, it really is terrific. So, uh, but I, I, I just, I like to be optimistic. I'm, I'm sort of like the glasses are full rather than the glasses half empty. But like you say, Andrew, it, you move forward. We, we, we've looked at doing the uh, British International, the British Open in, in October. Hopefully, hopefully, with our partners, Wales and Scotland, we can put that on, and um, I'm hoping it's going to be a massive, big success. We've, we've we've been spending a lot of time with the WDF to make sure that the opportunities, once they can, uh, I mean, they have uh, announced the World Masters being in Holland in December, and the World Pro is going to be announced shortly, I think. That, that the opportunities are there once we can get started again. But it's difficult, really, for everybody to know when we can get started again. I, I don't really know what else mm. to say about it. It's, it's, it's not for the want of trying. And, uh... I know I saw with the, the announcement about the Isle of Man, it was that you know it had been cancelled rather than postponed. Was that just there isn't space in the calendar for later in the year? Yeah, um... Well, it, it, 
was about the availability of the Villa Marina in, the, in Douglas. Mm. And uh, we looked at trying to move it, but when you looked at to because we because we got the Alaman being a gold event, it was a matter of the WDF and not allowing two major tournaments to clash on the weekend, which is what we've wanted for a long time. And trying to find a week when the when there was a, a, an availability for a day and the and, and corresponding availability at the Villa Marina. It, it just wasn't poss- possible at all. Um, but, and again, I, I think, I mean, I'm not Scottish, but um, uh, I think Scotland have had the same problem mm. in so much as um, moving the Scottish Open to the back end of the year. Uh, is, it a, is it viable for the, for, the, for the people that are supporting it? You know, uh, and that's another thing that people don't take into consideration. It's all right to say, well, yeah, you can fit it in there and everything, but it's got to be viable. It, it, you know, they've got to have a payday as well as you've got to have a payday, otherwise there's no doors. And, and that's the bottom line. I can't believe I've become a bean counter, but <laughs> <laughs> in my old age, this socialist. <laughs> but that's what I've turned into, a bean counter, and, and you've got to look after it. And, then, and there's no point promising things to people when you know that the chances of them actually uh, materialising are very remote because then people don't trust you when you go back the following year. You've got to be upfront and you've got to be genuine with people and they've got to believe you. And you've got to believe yourself that you can do it. There's not too many failures can go on in, in, in our side of the darts uh, uh, anymore. It's not like the old days where people would just throw, throw, throw five or ten grand at you. It doesn't happen anymore. And when you look at the state of the economy and all these companies, uh, well, they've, they've got other priorities than supporting darts events, I'm afraid. Hmm. And that's the reality. Uh, of it. And the Isle of Man Festival was the, the last event really before everything went, you know, lockdown last year. How strange does it seem now looking back on that weekend last year and did you have any inkling then of, you know, how rough the next 10 months were going to be? Well, no, I, ironically, uh, I mean, I've been going to the Isle of Man before we were, I've been going 30 odd years. I love the Isle of Man, that's my, that's, that's my trip out with the Lazarine League as well as anything else. Always has been from the pub. Um, but yeah, we, we all came back on the boat on the Monday. And how ironic was on the Tuesday, the next day, boom, they all clamped everything down. As I said, blimey, said if, it had been, if it had been a week later, we wouldn't have been out of running. And uh, so at least we got, we got the Isle of Man in. That, that's, uh, but it is sad. I mean, I mean, I mean, people, virtually everybody just re-boxes before as they're leaving the hotels they, they sort of re-book right all of those same rooms and same hotels next year and see them all on the boat coming home all have had a great weekend and it is a great week it's a fantastic weekend I know it's not the cheapest holiday in the world and I know that I know the weather's not not <laughs> the best in the world but it is a fantastic you know, an event because all the pubs and uh, uh, have darts events on because that's the only thing that's going on in the island in March, you know, it's a pretty dismal place, the Isle of Man, our season, as are most of these holiday resorts, including where I live, Fleetwood. <laughs> <laughs> Looking ahead, you know, one of the first casualties last year after the Isle of Man was the, the British Internationals, which, you know, England were due to be hosting. What's the situation with the British Internationals this year? Well, we've uh, we spoke with um, Maria to at the Golden Palms at Skegness and um, she 
like us. Well, a little bit different than us, should I say. She she was trying to fit other scheduled events in, in into the calendar, and she suggested to us that um, uh, we just cancel it and uh, move it till 2022, which we'd done from the previous year as well. Which 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 in effect was was good for us. We, we have a contract with them. We don't let pe- we don't like to let people down on contracts or anything else like that. So. So, yeah, but that's what we've decided to do. But in the meantime, we are looking at trying to fit it in towards the end of the summer at another venue, and there is um, negotiations in place there. Now, how, how, how they, they pan out, we don't know. But it won't alter the fact that um, whatever happens, England will be running the British Internationals as well in 2022. So we could actually run the British internationals for the next two years. Hmm. But, but again, there's nothing firmed up on that. And, uh, and, and, and obviously it's going to be a matter of if the uh, inoculations and everything have a, have a dramatic effect on, on, on our standard of living going forward, uh, whether we're going to be able to do that or not. Hmm. But, but we, are, we are trying. You know, it's not as if people might say, oh, British internationals are cancelled and that's the end of it. Well, it isn't. We are trying with Scotland and England and Wales uh, to come up with it with another venue that's uh, that's feasible for the three of us. Hmm. And is it something that you would consider maybe trying to do online if you couldn't maybe arrange a venue for later in the year? We we have spoke about doing the British internationals online. Yeah, we have spoke about that. Um, so it is is an it's an option, but we didn't want to go any further with it until we'd sort of um, got to the end of the discussions we're having with this other uh, venue hmm. uh, to see if they could do it. But, yeah, it, it could well be that we do an online one. I, mean, I think I think the kids want to do an online uh, uh, event anyway, sort of like an international select from, from the kids. So And, of course, when, when you come to the selection, it, it's very difficult to, to select people because who's playing darts? You don't know who's playing darts. Nobody's playing darts. I mean... If they've not got a board up at home, and not everybody's got a board up at home, um, <laughs> we don't even know playing darts, really. <laughs> mm. So I was going to say, because in theory, there's a World Cup in Denmark later this year that you've got to pick a squad for as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, and um, I'm, I'm not over sure, but I am sort of like hearing the vibes that uh, Denmark... If they can't run their opening in May, I think it's in May, I'm not mm. sure, I might be wrong, but I think it's in May, mm. that they were looking at maybe tagging it on to the World Cup. Mm. So the Denmark Open would be on for the World Cup, which would, would be fantastic if we could get that uh, sorted out. That really would be a, uh, be good for the players, it'd be good for the for the event, and it'd be, if we can get going sort of September, October time, it, 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 trying to get us back in the swing. Uh, of, of promoting darts again. You know, looking ahead, the next sort of weekend for you in theory will be Celsi in, in June. Um, how, at the moment, how confident do you feel that will be possible? At the moment, um, I haven't spoken to um, to Bon Leisure. I, 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 I wouldn't have a lot of confidence that that's going to go ahead. Uh, again, I think it would be more to do with the restrictions may be lifted to a certain degree, but again, what sort of playing conditions would you be able to put in? I mean, I mean, we get nearly a thousand people at the England Open, and and 
the venues, it, you just couldn't keep people apart at the venues and, and all the rest of the business. And, and I think we have a different product than, um, say, the PDC. Uh, their product is you play top-class darts and as soon as you played, you go back. Well, ours isn't. I mean, we try and cater for... For, for everybody, for the for the for the kids, for the mums and dads, for the you know for the ladies, the men's, and we and we also try and cater it as a, as a social weekend as well. Um, similar, the Alamans, the same sort of idea, so that there is a social evening afterwards. Now, if not being able to have that social evening, and um, and obviously the uh, income football leisure that comes off all the things that we do it, it, does it become viable for them to be looking at giving us £35,000 I think I'd be a bit frightened to put £35,000 put well I've got £35,000 <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be, I'd be thinking twice whether you know they're going to get even the money back on that if there's restrictions in place so mm. uh, we, we, have, we have done a brochure we've been doing a brochure for it's been uh, ready to go online now for several weeks. We did it uh, probably a month before Christmas. Um, we haven't had any printed because they're not sure. Uh, no point. I mean, I mean, we've spent the time doing the brochure, but there's no point spending the, the printing costs and everything else when we're not even sure. So worst case scenario, or a better case scenario, might be that we transfer the Open and the Golden uh, uh, event and everything to September and cancel the Classic. Hmm. Um, that's that's what, you know, that's that's Plan B. Hmm. <laughs> I don't even want to think about Plan C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think when you're able to run events, this is something I've been thinking about, is what's the field going to look like? Because on the one hand, you might think that if it's the first kind of big open you're able to that's going to have run in you know 15 16 however many months you're going to get more people wanting to get out and play but the way the world is it might be that you actually have a smaller field than normal because people are skeptical about the the playing conditions and, and all that sort of thing yeah exactly uh, we, we've, uh, we've we've thrown that around as well um and i mean it's only been the last few weeks that the the countries have decided to lock down the airports and stuff like that. Not that the England Open ever got a terrific amount of um, uh, players from abroad, uh, from Europe, mainly from Europe, they've gone under a sod from America, but um, it's not so much that as, as like you say, there, there will be a concern. I mean, there's a concern with our officials because, I mean, I'm not the oldest, but nearly the oldest, but most of our officials are sort of late 50s, uh, early 60s, and they're concerned. Mm. You know, they want things to be uh, right for their families. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we're getting told off of our kids and, and our grandchildren. You shouldn't be doing that, Granddad. You know what I mean? You, mm. you know, and, and, and that is a concern. You're right, 100%. Mm. You, you think to yourself, well, yeah, you know, we might get another 200 people because they'll be all desperate to play darts and everything and, and I think we would if the conditions were there I think we would mm. I think the, the tournaments that are coming up in the UK September or, or, or sort of we hope they're going to take uh, place are going to be sort of like the England Open um, well the England Open so classic whatever we can do uh, the British Open 
uh, I, I would be surprised if that wasn't absolutely mobbed out if, if, if the conditions were, were, were correct mm. uh, and, and again you, you're looking for a run up to the World Masters uh, in early December so the qualification criteria which is being and, uh, done now by the WDF will be out in the next week or so I'm, I'm led to believe well they're going to need events to qualify from to qualify to the world mm. master yeah. <laughs> if you follow what I'm saying yeah. and at the particular time there is no events going on so it's going to be very difficult for them uh, to have any criteria albeit the, you could say well the, the top 128 in the, in the uh, in the rankings and it might only be on two or three events yeah exactly Something I did want to ask as well, that the British Open is, is set for, for Bridlington. How important was it for, for you and the other Tri-Nations uh, members to, to keep such a historic event on the calendar? Because b- before, that was something that was run by the BDO. Well, like I said to you earlier on, it, it, it's an absolute... I'm absolutely travesty that the BDO's gone. I, I think it, it could have easily been avoided... I know it's in hindsight and ifs and buts and coulds and, and woods and everything else like that, but it should have and could have been avoided. And as soon as it, it was evident that he wasn't going to survive, uh, the one thing that we wanted to do was try and protect the British Open. Let's be honest with you, I mean, I do the England Open and I shout and ball about how good the England Open is, but the most iconic event in the world of darts is the British Open. There is absolutely no doubt, both for me and for a lot of people, the British Open is the most iconic. Uh, You win the British Open. So many names on there, Phil Taylors and everything else like that. Everybody that's anybody has won the British Open. So, like you say, we got together, the three of us, and um, very, very difficult to to convince uh, the people concerned that, you know, we need to try and do this. We need to try and do this together. Um, I mean, they've got they've got worries about at the end of the day whether whether we'll, they'll be able to run it or anything else like that. And they've got, and they've got, obviously got worries about the, the staff that they employ at the at, at the, the spa in Bridlington and all the other staff they've got to look after. So uh, I think our worries are a lot less than theirs. But nevertheless, we fair wind. Uh, we were able to um, come to an agreement to run the event and, and we just hope that um, if it does take place, the rank and file, the grassroots dart players and everything appreciate that there has been a hell of a lot of work and heartache gone in to making sure that, that it survives. Mm. Uh, and, and so hopefully, fingers crossed and all that, I hope we can uh, uh, do a good, well, we will do, we'll do a fantastic job given the opportunities, no doubt about that. And we are introducing, for the first time ever, a British Youth Open. Hmm. British Open Youth. And, and that's never happened before, even in the days of the BDO. There has never been a youth event at the British Open, so that's going to be a world, that's going to be a WDF ranked event. The, the British Open is going to be a gold event for the WDF, so the winner of the um, British Open ladies and men's will go straight into the uh, world champ- WDF World Championships, not into the playoffs, into the TV stages. So, you know, there's a lot of positives there. <laughs> it's been hard work. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. 
Well, I mean, something that does deserve tremendous credit, as you say, is making it that gold event because finding prize money for, in a sense, a new competition in this current world environment can't have been easy. No, no, it hasn't. None of it, none of it was easy. And, and, and it was sort of to and throwing. And, you know, one week we'd think we'd, yeah, we've secured it. And then the next week it, it came back and here's another few uh, questions that we've got to answer or promise to deliver. In actual fact, we wanted to um, announce it in September uh, mm. when the BDO contract uh, expired. Although we had approached them sort of oh, April time. Uh, but, but again, they were under contract, so they wouldn't talk to us till the contract had finished. Uh, and I think it was made clear by the BDO that they weren't going to uh, they weren't going to be able to continue with it. So um, yeah, it has. And uh, well, it's one of them you take a chance jobs on this one, I'm afraid. And uh, I'm, I'm a bit sort of. Uh, not taking a chance person. I like to get all my ducks in a row and make sure everything's right, but we are taking a little bit of a chance on this one. Obviously, the the Tri-Nations, you came together to try and secure the future of the the grassroots, the the county game, and although you lost out on that, I know you guys are running the the British Open. Is there anything else that the Tri-Nations are working on delivering moving forward? I think... um... There's a little bit, and I'd just like to clarify something a little bit in so much, Andrew, is that we never set out to run the inter-counties. It was the counties that came to us and said, after the, the World Masters last year, the BDO is going to fold. I hope you lot have got something planned to save it. And, and really, that was us being approached by the counties to, to have something in place. And, and so when it, it became evident that it was going to fold, uh, we threw our hat in the ring. Um, but I'm, I'm not heartbroken about not running the intercounties, I can assure you of that. <laughs> what we run, we run well, and, 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 and that's all we can do. The UK DA DOS uh, have promised what they've promised, um, whether they deliver it or not, I, 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 I'm, I'm very dubious and I'm not being critical to them. I just think the budgets that um, that were put forward because of what is going to happen to darts are, are just not going to materialise. But that's that's their baby. They sort it out now. But, uh, you know, to basing you know, budgets on 11,000, 12,000 Super League players is just... Is just it's not realistic at all. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, so we're not heartbroken. I'm definitely not heartbroken about it. Um, Scotland are going to run the, the inter-counties up there, which, which in all honesty, you'd have to say should have happened a long time ago because they never played um, the same formats or anything else like that as, as, as the rest of uh, Wales and uh, England. So they, they were really running their own things anyway. We're just putting the money into the BDO. So, you know, put the money into the cells and, and run it themselves, which which they have done. I forgot your second bit now. This is what happens when you get to 70. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else the Tri-Nations are working on now? Obviously, you've got the British Open, but is there anything else? Um, no, no, not, no, not, not, not necessarily, no. We're looking at, um, obviously, keeping the, the, the British internationals 
uh, under. I mean, that was why the Tri Nations were uh, formed in the first, because we were working together anyway uh, mm. on, on, on things. I mean, people might think that we don't work together, we don't like each other or anything else like that. Well, that's further from the truth. Uh, we've had our moments, like you all do, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, no, we've, we've got a great relationship with us, with each other. Uh, we, we sort of, how can you say, all seem to be singing out of a similar hymn, hymn sheet, if you will. Mm. Not saying exactly the same, but we, all our aspirations are, are, are common aspirations between the three of us. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, we are working with the, with the WDF very, very closely. Again, we see our future on the WDF side rather than any other side that have, uh, uh, have suddenly appeared. We don't see a future with uh, with those people, but it's not our future, is it? The players decide where they want to play and what they want to do and everything else like that. All you can do is uh, is is do your very best for them, and if they don't think it's it's any good, well, they'll go elsewhere. And uh, but hopefully, as I said to you, we are confident that what we do, we do well. People enjoy the things that we do, and keep coming back and. Uh, I hope they keep coming back for as long as I can uh, do it anyway. Uh, do I take it that those people are modern amateur darts? Uh, is, um, uh, I mean, they've got, as I said to you before, I mean, I've been brought up with the, you know, pub, super league, county, uh, international events and stuff like that. I see, I look at what's on offer alternatively, and it concerns me, I have to say that, because I think it devolves down to independent um, promoters, organisers, whatever you want to call them, and there doesn't seem to be any... I'll just digress a little bit. When I was a kid, and I love football, it was Roy of the, Ro uh, the Rovers, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And it was all about the team and being in the team. And it, and it was all about, you know, playing for... Um, I mean, originally I'm Scottish, so when I was a kid, I, I wanted to play for Scotland at football. I'd have done anything. I'd have walked through broken glass to play for Scotland at football. That seems to be diminishing now. It seems to be diminishing because the internationals don't seem as important as the Premier League. Mm. And I feel that there's a movement away from the structure that the pyramid that we've got in place is going to diminish people's view of what it is to play international darts, perhaps. Mm. And, and, and I think that is harmful because, you know, there's many of these players that are PDC players, great players, fantastic but the one thing they can't say is that they, they, they actually didn't play for the country and they, we are trying to offer kids now an opportunity and, and, and when we've done it in the past they've been to internationals and I always say the same thing I always say no matter what happens in your life no matter where you go nobody can ever take away from the fact that you represented your nation at darts nobody can ever take that away from you whether you become a millionaire or no, and nobody can buy it either. And, and for me, that's always been 
really, really important. And I think all these things that are going on at the minute uh, are, are, are watering down that. And there'll be consequences to it. There's no doubt about it. Mm. You know, I mean, it seems a bit of um, I, I'm, I'm all right, Jack Society. I'm not bothered about it. I mean, it, it, it's like it's like the boxing club, isn't it? You know, you, you, you get all the kids in the boxing club and the, and the you know, they're proud to be, you know, Sefton Boxing Club, proud to be in the club. And if anybody does any good in the club, well, they go to, to support the boxers at the events and everything else like that. And, and it seems to have all, all been diminishing. It seems to be more geared up for individuals rather than, you know, team events or, 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 or albeit I know darts is still about individuals, but there doesn't seem to be that camaraderie hmm. or, or or that it seems to be to be getting diluted and, and it doesn't it doesn't suit for me. Hmm. It really does. And I'm not knocking the people. You know, they probably love darts and everything else like that. They, they see darts differently to, to what I see darts. Mm. Uh, and they probably think I'm a dinosaur and, you know, well, who's bothered anymore? There's, you know, uh, Bill Taylor earning a million pound a year, which is fantastic. Or, you know, <laughs> what we're bothered about playing for uh, Fleetwood for in the Super League because our Super League's all towns as well. So, you know, proud to play for your pub, proud to play for your town, play, proud to play for your county, proud to play for your country uh, and whatever comes off it. Hmm. And there's a hell of a lot has come off that system that I don't think is going to be replaced by what's on offer today from other systems. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll wait to feature on Just Incredible next week. Then. <laughs> <laughs> now, I guess kind of a, a nice way to wrap up, in a sense, is that you know it's that camaraderie that you're talking about there that you know we haven't had over the last ten months because we haven't had events, you haven't had county, you haven't had Super League, where people get to see those people that they see. You know, even if it's only a county, you might see that one person once or twice a year. You don't get that kind of meeting up with people and I guess is that the thing that you're missing the most from, from having darts and tournaments absolutely um, uh, I'm, I'm a, I, I mean I'm a social animal me I don't drink at home or anything else like that I go to the tournaments and, uh, oh Tommy's had a good drink there and everything <laughs> I'm a social drinker you know I'm, I'm, I love the people I, I love the camaraderie I'll, I'll talk you know <laughs> I'll talk myself to death with anybody, speak to anybody, make time for them. You know, I mean, and you see, like you say, you might see somebody once a year or twice a year, like Rick. I only ever saw Rick to two tournaments at Chelsea and everything, but I felt like we were sort of so close together. And 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 there's many people like that, you know, there's the, the, the people probably don't even know, Alan Brown from the Alawite, you know, there's loads of people that are, that are really... You know, the world of darts don't even know who they are, whether they exist or anything. But for our family of darts, and, that, and that's what I think we are, is our family. Uh, and, and that's what I do miss. I miss it terrifically. Um, I mean, we always had a Yorkshire, Lancashire. And I love them, Yorkshire people. Absolutely love them to death. Although, you wouldn't have thought so if you'd have listened to me. But, <laughs> you know, and... and, and I get messages from John Bostock, you know, from, from lots of them all the time. The friendship that we've grown up with all my life, and like you say, Andrew, you see once or twice a year, 
but it's like you just left them last night in the pub hmm. and up we go tomorrow. And you can't you can't buy that. That's no. fantastic. That is fantastic. And that, that to me is is darts. Well, I thank you massively for your time this afternoon, Tommy, and fingers crossed things, you know, in the UK and the world start to move in the right direction and whether it's June or, or later in the year, you know, the EDO are able to, to run an event and hopefully I can come down and, you know, I can buy you a Jack Daniels and Coke. Well, there you go, a double. Don't <laughs> 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 do singles where I come from. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you, Andrew. No, that's, that's fantastic. I, know, I hope I am upset anybody. <laughs>